This is episode 222 of the Fearless Launching Show. Now, if you're just getting started in your business, which many of you might be, or you're starting a new business, you might be thinking about what you'll create, like what your products will be, how you're going to deliver those to your audience. Maybe you'll be thinking about the audience you'll be serving. Those are all good things. Those are all really important things. But a product itself doesn't necessarily make the business, unless it does. I mean, you can have one product that you sell. But there is a business behind that. And so today, my guest, Sophia Sunwoo, is talking about her work in the startup world. So she's worked in startups, building startups since the age of 19. And she has a really interesting background in design thinking, international development, business management, and she really challenges the norms and that we have come to see, you know, we get stuck into this, I'm going to create a course instead of the business. What business, what company, what are we creating beyond that course? Sophia has helped large nonprofits open offices in new countries, increase their sales within a very short period of time, diagnose client blocks, which we all have those, right? And also has raised millions in funding for these startups and has helped launch countless startups in social impact, product-based businesses, and tech industries. So I wanted to bring in someone who has this diverse experience for you, because I think that if we can start looking at our business and that big why and that big vision and figure out what needs to be built first before that product, then I think that we're setting ourselves up for so much more future success. And if you listen to a few weeks ago, I know this is a crazy long intro, by the way, but if you listen a few weeks ago to my interview with Tanya Dalton, this is really what she did before she did anything else. That figuring out the planner that she first created wasn't the first thing she did right? So I can't wait for you to listen to this episode. Uh, She's got some really practical, simple things and ways that she takes her clients through this process. And she'll share some of that with you today. So I'm I'm really excited to share that. And let's let's dive into my conversation with Sophia Sunwoo. Hi, I'm Ann Samoylov, and I've helped some of the biggest online entrepreneurs and business owners have successful six and seven figure product launches. By working in the trenches offline to produce movies, TV shows, video games, I've discovered so many different ways to launch creative ideas. And the question is, do you have to copy what your guru says in order to have a successful launch? Do you have to use their done for you system in order to have success, in order to achieve your goals in business? I say no. This is the Fearless Launching Show featuring myself and an ongoing cast of characters, friends who join me in discussing business, launching, life, and balancing it all and having an amazing time doing it. Let's get into today's episode. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast and because honestly, I feel like all week I've been getting so inspired. I've I've decided that I want some amazing entrepreneurs on the podcast instead of hearing my own voice yammering on. And so I am thrilled that you're here today with me. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so happy to be on. I'm excited to get chatting. 
Yeah. And so, you know, before before we dive in, um, this was wild. Now, I, of course, don't know where you are in, like, as far as like, your age now, but the fact that you've been building startups since you were 19 is like, Oh my goodness. I mean, I was doing things at 19, but definitely I can't say that I was building startups. So I found that so amazing. I mean, there are other nuggets that I found really interesting too, like the, that you went to school of Parsons, um, Parsons design school. I'm like, what? I'm like, I did not expect to see that in your, um, your bio. (laughs) So, and oh my gosh, I, I'm, I'm going to bring it up later because I'm curious about one of the nonprofits, one of the more, the bigger ones that I kept seeing images of you um, working on um, where you repair wells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was really interesting to me. So I'm going to ask you about that later. But before we dive into anything, I would love it if you would share with um, with everyone more about like who you are, who you work with, what your business is, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm Sophia Sunwoo. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur for practically my whole life now. <laughs> I think it's mostly because my parents were entrepreneurs, so I kind of grew up around it, and I was just so excited to dive in, and I took that chance as soon as I could. Uh, So I am currently a um, startup consultant. I have a consulting firm called Ascent Strategy. And this was basically a manifestation of me having had two startups prior to starting Ascent Strategy and kind of arriving at a big crossroads in my life where, you know, I just knew that I loved working with startups and on startups, but I really was in love with this beginning stage of helping an entrepreneur figure out how to align their passion with building a business and having it actually work and create money in the real world. And I really wanted to help and work with entrepreneurs in that particular space. And that initial roadblock is usually the roadblock where if the entrepreneur isn't able to figure it out, they turn away and never end up building that dream business of theirs. So that was really where I wanted to focus my energy on. And it's just been an absolute delight to work with so many different entrepreneurs. I'm, I'm pretty industry agnostic where, you know, I'll work with entrepreneurs in blockchain to wellness, to education, to the pet industry. Um, (laughs) That's just been such an amazing opportunity and experience for me to work with entrepreneurs in basically every single industry that I could think of now. Um, And what I work with entrepreneurs on specifically is um, all these components we think about in the beginning stages of our business. You know, my program summit, we go through every single department of your, um, of the business that you have to build. And we just make sure that the foundational pieces are put in place and thought through um, correctly while bringing in best practices from all the different entrepreneurs we love and respect and learning from what do they specifically do in order to get their business to where it is today. Um, And so that's one way that I work with people. I also work with people on their business plans and pitch decks if they're looking for investment so that Mm. we make sure that, you know, as an entrepreneur, your job is to build your business and be excellent at that. And my job um, when I work with entrepreneurs is to 
excel at that presentation side of the business when you're talking shop and talking investment with, with potential investors and just making sure that all those pieces are in place and are being presented in the best way possible so that your business can shine. So that's kind of how my role, um, what my role is now, what I'm working on now, and um, yeah, kind of how wow. I got here. That's amazing. Um, like you said, a few things that stood out to me that I'm like, oh, yeah, I love that. Um, and that is that you have the people, I mean, your clients and the people you work with, you're focused on those foundational pieces. And I am, you know, I'm definitely a, I'm a huge, whenever I'm, I, I struggle with this, actually, to be honest. But I, you know, with, with our, with the online space, there's always like the shiny new strategy thing, tactic, whatever that people are teaching. And I'm always like, no, 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 no. You got to step back because I feel like new entrepreneurs, they come in, they come in and they're like, oh my gosh, I have to learn how to do Instagram stories or whatever, like something so, I mean, it might be part of their content strategy at some point, but I find that some people just miss that foundational piece. So I love that you do that with people. You work on that with people. Yeah, and I think a part of the foundational piece too is also having that internal compass of knowing when to stop when it comes to learning about all these new things and adopting it into their biz- into your business. I think that one of, so, well, actually I know <laughs> from working with my um, different customers, a big uh kind of misstep that a lot of entrepreneurs make is that they have this um, almost like shiny object syndrome where they're mm-hmm. learning about all these new strategies and things that they should be doing with their business when in fact all those things are kind of navigating them away from growing their business. Uh, one thing I've learned from my personal experience and just from working with other entrepreneurs is that the businesses that tend to rapidly grow in revenue and grow in size are the ones that actually stuck to these foundational pieces and like almost like a foundational agreement with themselves of these are the different components of my marketing and sales strategy and et cetera, et cetera, that I've decided on that I'm going to work on because it's proven for me and my business that they work. And I'm just going to consistently do this for the next year or two until I have to pivot because, you know, I receive a data point that says I have to pivot, pivot. So entrepreneurs that kind of stick to that and um, really commit themselves to being consistent are the ones that I've seen and found to kind of grow at the scale that they've wanted to grow. Uh, but yeah, such a important lesson and to learn and to kind of create an agreement with yourself like during those foundational stages. Yeah. I mean, I'm wondering, do you find, because I find that I'm actually sometimes... I mean, quite honestly, I feel like I'm I'm sometimes educating people the value of the foundation, the foundation that they need to build and that they'll have plenty of time to choose like and to to experiment and to try new strategies. Um, and but if they at least build and they're on solid ground with their business, really, and things are running, then then they have more freedom, actually. Um, but do you find that you have to educate people first onto here's what we're going to cover? Or, you know, do the people who come to you kind of already know this and they're they're ready to take that on? Well, I think that uh, nowadays entrepreneurs are kind of cursed with too much information. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I think that is kind of a lot of my work with 
my uh, customers is that there's so much information out there. What information do I take to heart and actually prioritize and apply it to my business and uh, my life? So I think that even if uh, entrepreneurs have a basic understanding of some of the principles and foundations I work with them on, uh, it, it takes on a different meaning, right? When someone is telling you this is what where your focus should be on, like this is where 80% of your time should be on, this is where 10% of your time, and when someone is able to kind of contextualize all this information you're receiving and hyper-focus you yeah. so that um, you know exactly what you should be doing as soon as you wake up in the morning, I think that is very, very different and takes on a different way and honestly like gives you a lot of purpose when you're kind of working on your startup in, in the day-to-day yeah, I think you're I think you're so right. I think that when you can have the guidance, like here's what you should focus on right now, um, because I do think that that's that's one of those things that, you know, thinking back and even, you know, sometimes if there it's you know, we're human, so it's easy for us as individuals to get off track. But um, I feel like that's actually what just keeps people off track is that they're searching. They're not really sure what to focus on. So I can really say that would be a value, you know. You yeah. steering them in that direction. Um, so, w- I mean, we're talking about this, and I'm wondering, is this one of the – we're the thing I wanted to talk to you about mostly today are some of these big mistakes that entrepreneurs are committing and and that are, are doing when they're first launching their business. Um, would you say this is, like, the big one? <laughs> I think it's definitely one of the big ones. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think another big one is – so – a lot of entrepreneurs, even if you are previous entrepreneurs and this is your second or third business, uh, everyone kind of comes into their startup with a history and a background of what they're good at. Mm. So, for example, if you used to be a social media manager and you're really good at marketing and really good at creating content and you decide to create a startup where you have to focus on sales, you have to focus on all these other things you don't have a history in. Uh, What I've seen a lot of the times is that entrepreneurs will kind of naturally navigate towards the work that they're used to, uh, when in fact that work doesn't necessarily help them when it comes Mm. to building their business. Like if your end objective is, you know, by the end of year one, I really want to bring in enough revenue so that I can be on staff full time for my new business. Well, if that's your objective and you're spending, you know, 60% of your week to week on content and social media marketing, that's not really moving the needle on that revenue uh, goal you have for the end of the year. So that's one thing that I see a lot where uh, a lot of entrepreneurs will naturally form their workday around these existing skills and um, well, it becomes a habit. It becomes like yeah. a habit that they can't break. It's almost. absolutely a habit. And it's also because all of that scary stuff, like sales, like pitching to investors mm. that will actually help you grow your business from a financial standpoint, that's all scary stuff because there's a lot of rejection involved in that. So a lot of entrepreneurs have a natural proclivity to kind of not – 
you know, put that 60 to 80 percent of their day towards sales and pitching to investors and all that just because it's super scary. You're really out there, super vulnerable thing to do. A lot of rejection involved. So I would say that's the biggest thing. And one thing I actually make my clients do is I make them for a whole week. Um, audit their time where they have to download um, like a time tracking software and actually label how much time they spent on answering emails, on doing social media, on writing um, X, Y, and Z documents. And uh, always without fail, it's always about 80% on something that's not sales related. And Mm. sales is like usually less than 20% of their time. So uh, that's, so that's one thing I always, that's the biggest mistake I see. And something I always try to kind of work on first, just because that has such a compounding effect, where if you continuously do that for 12 months, at the end of the year, you're really not going to have anything to show for yourself when it comes to numbers and revenue, because you spend only 10% of your week on sales. Yeah. Um, Now, my question is, do you think that, I mean, so basically (laughs) you're getting people to track their time and kind of like food journaling, if you're on a diet, it kind of has this um, kind of under undercover effect where when you're really aware of what time you're spending, you're, I think it's easier to shift that habit and it's easier to shift out of that once you're like, oh, I see what I'm actually doing. Um, so yeah. is that what you, is that kind of like the underlying reason why you do that? I mean, other than just awareness straight up, but is this, is this something that helps people get out of those habits or is there something else that you kind of do or you just kind of keep pushing <laughs> until they're. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you, you've kind of hit the nail on the head. Like the journaling aspect just brings that awareness. Uh, I think that, you know, you can't. You can't force someone to work on on creating a habit change unless they understand and realize that the problem is there to begin with. So the journaling aspect of time is in a, a way to convey that, that, hey, there is a problem here and I'm not just talking out of grabbing grabbing on the, in the clouds and just like pulling this out of nowhere. Like this is a database point here that we should focus on. And then based off of those results, I kind of move forward on actually working with them and taking baby steps towards uh, changing their habits so that um, those habits turn into long-term sustainable uh, changes that are actually shifting those time allotments where now 80% is on my sales and the 20% I've either, you know, exported it out to a contractor so yeah we it's it's kind of like a multi-step process but my intention after kind of bringing awareness to that is to actually integrate like a plan of attack so that they can actually change those ratios yeah I love it I love it I think that's so important I think that what you're saying is it sometimes it's even like people will do things that you know, maybe they think it's their most comfortable, comfortable task to work on, but it's also the thing that they have control over. Cause you were talking about fear. There's definitely a lot of fear with sales because you don't have in quotes control over what that other person may or may not say, if they're going to say yes or no. And, you know, writing a, writing a blog post or scheduling out your social media calendar. Well, you know, if that's going to get done, cause it's you 
and you have control over what happens there, <laughs> you know? Exactly. So exactly. That, that's interesting. Okay. So habits and um, what else? What else do you see that people are doing? I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, I think that the time aspect is huge. Um, another thing is um, just letting go of what you need to be doing and not need to be doing. I mean, this is all related to kind of this ratio of doing doing tasks that move your business forward and letting go of the tasks that aren't. And um, I spend a lot of time as well kind of warming people up to this idea of um, exporting their tasks to like an assistant or and just being open to receiving help. I think that entrepreneurs have a lot of trouble with that. I think that, you know, because you're, you're bootstrapping and you're trying to save as money, as much money as possible. A lot of people don't equate those financial, um, the financial investment of hiring an assistant or someone else for a one-time project with the amount of time and equating time to money as well. I think that a lot of people, because time is something we all have, um, we don't respect it as much as uh, financial investment where when it actually should be switched because time is pretty finite. You can't you only have a specific amount of time, but money, you can always get more money. Yeah. Um, so I try to change people's perspective on that because I think like that's a huge block that prevents a lot of people from properly using their time and you know, if you charge $100 an hour for your services, or that's how much your salary equates to when you're on payroll, uh, it really doesn't make sense for you to be answering emails two hours a day if someone that is $30 an hour can do the same thing. So I really try to um, help reframe that conversation because I feel like a lot of people, it's, it's, it's almost like a societal thing, right, that we've been taught and um, just helping people like recontextualize that and um, really look at it from a um, cost benefit analysis when it comes to their business um, is a huge one. I mean, you're looking at your make instead of making it a you really should delegate, you're like, okay, so here's what your per, you know, here's what your rate is. Here's the time you're spending on this. Here's so you know, in, and, and what you're saying, you know, the open to receiving help, letting go. I think that when I know that I have in the past struggled with the whole, what is my return on this, this help that I'm getting? Like, what if it's somebody who's just managing my time? Like, what if it's just a project manager? I know that I've had difficulty with that. Um, because in the past I have been a project manager. So I'm like, I'm way faster than you. I can do this. You know, so, so, you know, I have like multiple issues there. Like there's the letting go open to receiving help and like really questioning, is this really, um, better than me just kind of handling it quickly myself? And so I can see how this would definitely, I've gotten over that mostly, but, um, I can definitely see how this is one of those big mistakes that people make. And I love how you're actually saying that a lot of it is about the time, the amount of time we're spending on certain activities and where we focus our time and that ability to let go, especially when there's real reasons, real like on paper reasons that this is actually costing you more than just time. Yeah. And I always try to kind of 
tell kind of uh, frame it for people in a way that they would view like some of these bigger entrepreneurs that we see in um, our culture. Uh, for example, Jeff Bezos or Tim Cook. Um, you would never find any of those people doing any of the admin stuff that you're doing now. So how can you tell yourself that you'll be able to scale your business uh, to the magnitude that you desire by doing admin work? Like no entrepreneur that has a big company right now is doing that stuff. So what makes you believe that you continuing that behavior will get you to that place? So I try to contextualize in that way too, where the, where you want to be is not meeting where you are right now. And we right. need to ch we need to change your habits and let go of these bad habits. Otherwise, those bad habits are going to be pretty solidified and you're just going to end up in a place with no return, you know? So yeah. that's what's going to give you zero return on your own, like at <laughs> your own investment in this, you exactly. know? Exactly. So exactly. Yeah. I, I so hear that. So I pulled this quote and I don't really know where I pulled it from. I know it was one of your articles and it was, it was something about that why doing nothing might be the best course of action instead of that constant hustle though. So mm -hmm. like instead of, you know, hustling to answer all the emails and make all the calls and do all the things and to push, 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 I would love to hear more. I mean, I'm not going to say the quote, even though I have it here, but, um, but I'm just curious because I know that a lot of people like they don't know how to just do nothing. I'm, Sometimes that person, I always like to out myself on the show, just obviously, but like I'm that person who's like, I can't just sit still. I am never bored. But yeah. I, I'm wondering about the people who actually see that as a weakness. I know, I know some people like that. And I'm just curious, what, yeah. what's your take on that? The hustle? Yeah. So I, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for over like 12 years now. So I feel like I've had a really intimate relationship with hustle. Uh, and, uh, you know, now that I'm on my third business, the pure stage of just funding and trying to get the business off the ground, that's such a huge hustle stage. But, you know, now that I'm on my third business, I feel like I've gotten a bit wiser about kind of like the long-term repercussions of hustle. I mean, one big thing that I think has become really obvious to a lot of us is the fact that um, constantly working and uh, hustling nonstop, like that that has a lot of long-term repercussions from a burnout standpoint where I'm on my third business now and my first two businesses, I didn't do a great job of work-life balance. And nowadays, um, now that I'm on my third business, I'm very, very reluctant to take more risks. I'm reluctant to... Um, do X, Y, and Z moves just because I'm so tired. I'm exhausted <laughs> from doing it in my previous two businesses. Um, and, you know, that for me, this concept of working harder um, but not smarter um, has really resonated with me and I've reversed it so that I'm working smarter, not harder, and just like really focusing on re repositioning and reorganizing everything in my life in order to cater to that. So yeah. that's like one big thing because having having your actions from five, 10 years ago come and haunt you five and 10 years later, like that's really scary. And that was something that was kind of a wake up call for me. Um, another mm. thing is, so I'm one uh, thing that I've 
really gotten into this year was is climbing. Like I live in Boulder, Colorado. The climbing culture is huge here. And one thing I've learned from doing that has been uh, when it comes to climbing, there's a lot of resting just because it's a full body activity and yeah. you need a ton of rest um, even in between climbs in order to be able to do the next climb. And um, it's this concept of when you're climbing, um, just because you're resting, it doesn't mean that you're not getting better. That rest is actually crucial to you um, in continuing to excel and improve. And, you know, there's like a bunch of movies now, like Free Solo, um, which just won an Oscar for Best Documentary. That movie is about a climber. And you actually, despite him being a fantastic climber who did this crazy, he accomplished this crazy feat of climbing El Capitan without a rope, you actually <laughs> see him, you don't see him um, exercising and climbing the whole time. You actually see him through this multi-year process where he's actually taking a lot of breaks. Like this was like a multi-year journey. And that's something that has really resonated with me and I've tried to integrate into my life when it comes to my business is like just because I'm taking breaks, it's not comprising the compromising the excellence of mm -hmm. what this final product is going to be, you know, kind of really looking at my business from a multi-year perspective rather than what I'm accomplishing within a year. Um, so that for me has been like so important as far as um getting away from hustle culture and like really taking a pause and understanding progress from the non speedy track perspective, because I think, uh, thinking of progress and achievement from, uh, the fast track perspective is unrealistic, not healthy, and it's not as satisfying. You know, it's, I feel like as an entrepreneur, the fun of it is in the journey and not so much the end goal. So, yeah, that's kind of like a little bit about my perspective on hustle culture and just trying to step a bit back from it. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious just because, of course, like Ascent Strategy, Ascent mm -hmm. and Summit is the name of um, your program. Um, I'm wondering, did you did you kind of create those? Is that kind of been an image for you or something? Yeah, yeah, I've it definitely has been. I'm glad that you noticed that. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, my connection with nature and doing things outside has just been so integral to my reflection on business, and it, it's so there's so many um, kind of different bridges to it where you know it's this concept of having work-life balance it's this concept of kind of going after these huge goals that seem so far away when you're at the bottom but um as you get to the top it seems more plausible it makes sense you're like okay there's a direct path to the top i can get there we're almost there and it's like a long process too right it's not something that happens right away it takes you like a few hours or like you know, in some cases, it'll take you years because the goal is so big that you need to take that time to figure out um, the path for you. So, yeah, it's, it. yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I think that I think that I want to know more about then what is Summit? Because you mentioned it before. And I want to know more about this because I know that it might be coming up soon. Um, so could you share more about what you do in that? Yeah, uh, so Summit was created uh, after I had, you know, run 
my consulting business for a full year and I basically piloted the concept with a lot of different entrepreneurs and I started to collect data on what do people look for, what are people's biggest fears when it comes to building their business and how do I kind of consolidate all of that into this very nice, approachable, accessible package where entrepreneurs that are just starting out receive everything that they need in order to build the business that um, they they see like up ahead, like on the top of that mountain, but they're quite not sure what the direct path is to get there. So um, Summit is basically a uh, 10 to 12 week program depending on which option you choose. But um, the concept behind it is, is that every single week we break down- I'm taking down- notes by the way. <laughs> I'm really curious. (laughs) Every single week we break down each department of your business. So um, everything from the marketing side, the sales side, the operations side, and even just like the basic um, foundational aspects of why are you even doing this? Like, is your business Mm -hmm. that you intend to create actually something that you want to do? Like, are you committed to the long term for this? So um, every single week is focus on a specific project, a specific um, topic. And there's like a workbook involved where I basically brain dumped every single piece and shred of knowledge that I know about that particular topic. So that um, when, you know, me and a participant in Summit actually touch base over a call to talk about that week's topic, we integrate it into that person's business. So it's customized, um, answer some of their biggest fears and questions behind that particular topic. And it's basically like this idea of breaking apart your breaking apart every single building block of your business and assessing and analyzing it on a microscope level and then putting it and building it back together so that the final product is something is a business that is based off of best practices. It's based off of learnings and teachings from other fantastic entrepreneurs. And so that we're not making sure that if you're going to build this business, you're going to build it correctly. Uh, and it's the, it's going to be the manifestation of your best shot at this. Uh, so yeah, it's been it. really amazing. You know, having you that sound really excited about it. You're like, oh, mm, I'm so excited. Mm, yeah. Mm. I yeah, love it. I love it. I'm so, I love excited. It. I'm um, so excited about it because like, it's, it's, for me, it's like my best product. And I've actually worked with entrepreneurs where this is like their second and third business and they've gone through Summit and they've been like, whoa, like even though I know what I'm doing, like I needed to do this. And it's been yeah. really, um, it's been really fantastic and fulfilling to see that. It's a great framework that you have for yourself too, as you build um, new businesses and and as you, as you start new things, you know, over the life of your entrepreneur, you know, entrepreneurial journey as well. So yeah, definitely. Um, all right. Well, I want to just say that, like, I've loved chatting with you today. I know I could keep chatting. And I do actually, I'm going to ask you afterwards. Sorry, guys, you're not going to hear this. But I, I'm going to ask you more about the nonprofit um, off, offline because I'm curious about how I can um, how I can maybe get involved in that somehow. But um, but how else can our listeners reach out to you? What, what is the best place for them to go? Yeah, uh, the best place is my website, ascent-strategy.com, and you'll find a lot of fun stuff on there. You'll find um, kind of free resources to kind of help you build your business. There's a section called Start Here on my website. Um, If you just want to kind of get weekly tidbits of – 
advice for your business and how to best build it, I release a weekly blog post and you can actually subscribe to that on my website as well. Um, so yeah, that's the best place to find me. And, um, all the ways to connect with me are on my website as well. That's amazing. Well, I just want to say thank you again. Um, this has definitely highlighted some of the things that I, I still need to do for myself. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of the foundational approach. I think that it's what I always strive for myself. Um, but I mean, but we all need a guide to do, to make that happen, you know, sometimes, you know, to keep us really focused and on track. And it sounds like you're doing that for your clients. So I love it. Oh, thank you so much. And it was awesome to be on here. Great. Thank you. All right, I hope you enjoy today's episode with Sophia Sunwoo. If you want to learn more about her and all the goodness she's putting out into the world, make sure to head over to ansamolev.com forward slash 222. That is where the show notes are for today. Also, if you want to go a little bit deeper, talk more about what it takes to just not just launch your courses and your products and your books, but actually to be building a business behind those offers, well, make sure you head over to ansomoylove.com and you'll find a link to download our launch workbook as well as how to get inside our launch lounge community. I would love to get to know you better and the podcast is one way, but we can hang out even more. So I hope to see you over in the launch lounge and over at ansmorelove.com. Have a great day and I will see you next week.